Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to a world where local news swallows national news. You know, one of the phoniest things that the national media said back when Philadelphia abortionist Kermit Gosnell went on trial for killing a woman and snipping some baby necks, they said, well, that's a local news story. We don't need to cover that. We're a national news media. We don't do local news. Well, here we've now just been deluged with Memphis stories. You know, we have the the funeral today for the police brutality victim. We're going to probably have live coverage of Al Sharpton's eulogy. NBC seems to be doing daily updates on this Murdaugh murder trial, the guy charged with killing his wife and son. Uh, You know, I guess we should be happy Memphis did not have a riot over the weekend, which is probably due to the fact that all the offending policemen were black. It's a little hard to sell in terms of a riot cause. But as Alex Christie reported, over at CNN this weekend, Van Jones was claiming, we sometimes forget African-Americans can also be guilty of hatred and bias and bigotry against other African-Americans. White supremacy, so powerful, it dominates black people against their better judgment. It sort of makes them sound like they're not very bright if white power is overcoming their black brains. It's, it's, It's just amazing. I mean, Van Jones also wrote an article with the same concept. So today we'd like to discuss the pickle our liberal media seem to be in. With all this bias, they're not very trusted. They're not very popular. And so that means they're not very profitable. For a while, they seem to be uh, having a business model going full-throated against Trump. But now that the idea that Trump would get us all nuked has faded, so have their business prospects. Now, we noted the rap.com lined it all up. CNN cratered across all its day parts for the week of January 16 to 22. Nielsen found CNN averaging just 444,000 viewers in prime time. Fox News had 2 million viewers. MSNBC had 943,000. So Fox was approaching five times as many overall viewers as CNN. And MSNBC had more than twice as many. So, I mean, this, this is a real problem for them. CNN's just getting worse. They brought in CEO Chris Lick to fix the problem, and the problem is not being fixed. You know, Fox News Channel put out a press release boasting... They finished January surpassing CNN and MSNBC with total day and primetime viewers for the 23rd consecutive month. If somebody gets to boast about winning in cable news, it's them. FNC also notched 99 of the top 100 cable news telecasts for the month. Now, if we're comparing Fox to Fox, they were down a little. But they were touting the five continue to make history marking 10 consecutive months as the most-watched program in cable news. Remember when The Five was just sort of this, supposed to be this sort of lame fill-in when they canceled Glenn Beck? 
oh, we'll just try this for two months. And now it's the top show. Then they felt compelled to make sure they mentioned Tucker. Tucker Carlson tonight led cable news in the younger, the 25 to 54 demo. That's the one the advertisers really care about. And then Fox's news release made a whole point of saying, CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace saw its lowest rated month since launch with total viewers as the show begins its second season, seeing double-digit declines on Sunday at 7 p.m. Uh-oh. Yes, Chris Wallace, he's getting CNN Plus-style numbers, I think. Uh, you know, even on the weekends, Fox is going to dominate with Bongino, with Mark Levin, you know, with, with the shows on the weekends, easily beat CNN and MSNBC. Now, don't tell Don Lemon... But the ratings also show CNN this morning suffered its worst number since its launch just three months ago. It averaged just 331,000 viewers while Fox drew nearly a million. And that awful show, Morning Joe, had 760,000. Once again, Morning Joe, more than twice as many viewers as CNN has. So it's not just a liberal bias thing. It's a people just even liberals don't like CNN. Insiders told The Wrap, Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and Caitlin Collins seem to be growing frustrated over the direction of the show. Well, that's what happens when your ratings stink. They can't decide what the show is. Well, look, this has been a perpetual problem at CNN. They had the same problem with, uh, with Soledad O'Brien back in the day. I did get a kick out of this. The gossip site Radar... This is anonymous sources biting CNN in the butt. Anonymous sources say Don Lemon went into this thinking of himself as Beyonce and his co-hosts as his backup dancers. You know, we were hoping that maybe Don Lemon would see himself as Walter Cronkite. <laughs> Apparently he thinks of himself as Beyonce. Put a rig on it. Uh, the Los Angeles Times had a gentle interview with CNN CEO Chris Licht, and he asked, how do you assess the performance of CNN this morning? Licht said, early days, it's just finding its footing. Yes, he tried to claim Morning Joe took a year to kind of establish itself. Well, but again, given the history of CNN morning shows, you know, the only thing you can say is Soledad O'Brien could come in and say, told you so, you know, Every CNN host that's hosted in the morning is going to come back and say, yeah, you still haven't fixed it, whatever it is. But this spin just reminds you, uh, or at least it reminds me of Dana Carvey's George H.W. Bush. Dan Quayle still gaining acceptance. <laughs> you know, CNN is not gaining acceptance. This was the other part of the interview that was interesting. Stephen Battaglio at the LA Times asks, most funny comedians are liberal. Huh? Most comedians are liberal. I mean, there's that. Uh, they continue. Even Bill Maher has a liberal sensibility. How will this work for a network that is trying to appear less politically partisan? This is, I'm sorry, this is the idea that they're going to run uh, real Bill Maher overtime for like 10 or 15 minutes on Friday nights when Maher has a show. But the answer is kind of funny because it's just, again, Chris Lick tripping over reality at CNN. He says, there's nothing wrong with opinion or perspective, especially in prime time. 
but it has to be authentic. So I guess Bill Maher is authentic. We are completely uninterested in partisan hackery and ideological talking points. <clears throat> no, you're not. We watch CNN. We see a lot of partisan hackery. We see a lot of ideological talking points. CNN is still a hot zone for leftist hot takes. As we pop into the studio on a Wednesday, Alex Christie is reporting on Newsbusters. Jake Tapper interviewed Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Tapper's trying to sound respectful, but he's basically suggesting Israel is headed for autocracy under their conservative government. So let's talk about your new government, uh, because uh, we are now in a period, uh, President Biden likes to say, I think you do as well, uh, of, of a challenge of democracy versus autocracy. Um, and you saw the weekend, over the weekend, massive protests throughout Israel over your new judicial reform plan that would allow the Israeli prime, uh, parliament, the Knesset, to override a Supreme Court decision with a simple majority vote. In 2017, though, just five years ago, you touted the importance of a strong, independent, honest, and impartial court. Your own former defense minister, Moshe Yalon, tweeted that this proposal, your proposal, would, quote, burn down the country and its values. What's your response? Well, first of all, I, I haven't changed my view. I think we need a strong, independent judiciary. But a, an independent judiciary doesn't mean an unbridled uh, judiciary, which is what has happened here, I mean, over the last 25 years. But with a simple majority vote to overturn a Supreme Court decision? I mean, that seems pretty outrageous. It's kind of funny for CNN to say, we can't have a simple majority vote overturning the Supreme Court. Well, that's exactly what the Democrats would like to do with abortion in the United States. The point is this, the main point. At CNN, any conservative government is a budding autocracy. That's just the, the, the line they want to lay down. When they lose elections, as they lost in Israel, and of course in that case it's a coalition thing, uh, when they lose elections, and especially when they lose multiple elections, they start complaining about you know democracy versus autocracy. I mean, just to quote Joe Biden and Netanyahu, you know, Netanyahu's not going to choke on that because he's a good politician, but it's just like, the, how CNN is that? But let's go back to this. The Supreme Court in Israel isn't elected. Why, why is it somehow undemocratic to question the Supreme, an unelected Supreme Court? The question there in Israel is whether the court can try to ruin political careers, ahem, like they've tried with Netanyahu, from their unelected high ground. And the press in Israel hates Netanyahu. It's not unlike the Trump wars here, except Bibi is more adept at describing what's going on. Um, we were batting this around uh, this morning and asking CNN and Absentia, how are the Palestinians doing on democracy? Did Jake Tapper sit down with Mahmoud Abbas and say, um, you were supposed to be up for re-election in 2009 and we're in 2023? And now that's not to say that the Palestinians might vote for him again, but there's been no election. So what is the standard for democracy? As we've seen from NPR lately, there's just a serious panic that the so-called hard right is in control in Israel, which means the left is desperate and out of control. So they're using, frankly, undemocratic means to object.
You know, you notice that Tapper says in there there have been massive protests. This is also the game that they play. When you lose elections, you get a much smaller group and say, oh, the, this crowd of protesters represents democracy. It's not anything they're going to ever do to see March for Life with tens of thousands of people in the streets and go, see, that's what the American people believe. No, they would go to a public opinion poll and say the protesters don't match the poll of the larger populace. It's not the game they play here. And then the thing that just bothers me, again, is this whole idea that somehow CNN, who's been elected by no one, and if they were elected, they would lose. Look at the ratings. CNN gets to lecture like they are the guardians of democracy. That's, this is it's this kind of pomposity that makes CNN so unbearable, and so their ratings stink. Then there's the case of Ron DeSantis winning his latest cultural war in Florida, forcing the college board to back down on a highly ideological advanced placement course in African-American studies. Now, I think we all know, generally when you have women's studies, queer studies, African-American studies, you know, maybe we have a knee-jerk in conservative land because generally when you specialize and create a caucus and then there's caucus studies, you get a very left-wing product. Well, CNN turned to former Obama Education Secretary Arne Duncan and anchor Bianca Goladriga got a boatload of smears. Okay, let's get your reaction first to the College Board releasing its official framework for the AP African American Studies course. This, of course, coming after Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis banned it from classrooms in the state. Well, unfortunately, you know, Governor DeSantis has been very, very clear. He has what just appears to be a white nationalist agenda. And what, what I hate most is he just always attacks the most vulnerable, whether it's AP African American history, whether it's the LGBTQ community, whether it's immigrants, he always attacks the most vulnerable. And I just, it says a lot more about us than about him. And I just hope voters in Florida and voters across the country um, don't think that's what our country needs. It's, it's more, more bullying, more attacking on those that, that need our help and need our support. Okay, first of all, what's with this white nationalist agenda garbage about DeSantis? Notice there's no anchor interrupting from CNN. They're fine with this garbage. Lefties can throw away the fact apples and swing with the lying bananas all they want. Facts first. Pfft. You know, earth to the liberal media. Conservatives are sick and tired of this whole idea of when you oppose the black left, you must be white nationalists, white supremacists. Ron DeSantis is not a white nationalist. Conservatives in general are not white nationalists. But this is the way they treat you. If you oppose their most leftist agenda, you have to be a bigot. You're anti-black, you're anti-gay, you're anti-woman, you're anti-Semitic, you, you name it, whatever it is. You're anti-something. But it got better when CNN asked Arnie Full of Blarney about whether he's read the updated framework for the AP class. He said, nope, he hasn't seen it. So you didn't check if it was a victory for the old white nationalist agenda? 
Have you been able to look through this initial framework that was just unveiled? Because we're looking at it at the screen now. Any changes, if you have, that, that stands out to you that maybe perhaps worries you? Yeah, I haven't seen the details. I think it's just so important that young people have access to America's full history, that we don't hide from the, from the tough parts and we celebrate the, the good parts. Now, this is the big lie, if we may borrow a favorite term at CNN that somehow conservatives don't want to teach the tough parts of American history. I grew up way long time ago, back in the Reagan years, with the tough parts of American history. We've always taught, in, in modern times, the tough parts of American history. It's celebrating the good parts you don't see a lot of. You know, unless we're celebrating Martin Luther King or we're celebrating the election of Bill Clinton or we're celebrating uh, Barack Obama. But the idea that conservatives want somehow to have history only be white history. Now, you can imagine the whole idea, the concept of saying, let's give black history its own course for, P for AP students who are brainiacs who really want to dig into this whole idea. If we wanted to study black history in depth, what would it look like? Okay, the whole problem with this, though, is when you hand it over to a bunch of woke academics, what you're going to get is topic headings like Black Queer Studies, Intersectionality and Activism. Now, CNN's not going to ask Arne Duncan if he's down with intersectionality and activism, because of course he is. But it's that whole notion, again, is these people on the left... What's really going on here is they think of the schools as just like news networks. They're a place for indoctrination. You fill everybody's brains with your propaganda, and when anyone objects to it, they're against democracy. They're against information, because as we know, the liberals like to say, we're information, you're misinformation. We're democracy, you're autocracy. That's just the level they live at. And they've got their own partisan pack of independent fact checkers to back them up so one last point you know this whole notion of what's been happening with the news media um, former Washington Post executive editor Leonard Downey had a piece in the Washington Post it was headlined newsrooms that move beyond quote unquote objectivity can build trust objectivity is in scare quotes because according to Len Downey, it was always corrupt. You see, today's journalists point out the standard was dictated over decades by male editors in predominantly white newsrooms and reinforced their own view of the world. This is just bizarre. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop right there and say today's news media, the way we understand them, was formed in their moral superiority and bias out of the civil rights movement in the 60s, out of being anti-Vietnam War in the 60s, out of ripping Richard Nixon out of the White House in Watergate. The idea that somehow objectivity was a white male thing that somehow reinforced conservatism is just comical. But he continues about today's journalists they believe pursuing objectivity can lead to false balance or misleading both sidesism in covering stories about race, the treatment of women, LGBTQ plus rights, income inequality, climate change, and many other subjects. 
we see this a lot. The people who loathe both sidesism, if that's a word, are fervent believers in one sideism. There is no other side on LGBTQ. There is no other side on race and and uh, you know American systemic racism. There's certainly no other side on climate change. And when you have that arrogance, you know that's where you'd say objectivity is damaging because conservatism is damaging. Objectivity is damaging because it allows two sides. You know, the people who tout democracy are the ones that hate both sidesism in our politics, in our journalism. What you get instead, the new norm now is allowing young journalists to use their marginalized identities to cooperate in the news gathering functions using their lived experience. You know, white males have lived experiences too, but apparently they've been overvalued. That's so everything now is pitched against the white males and against the Republicans and the conservatives and the capitalists. Everything now is oppositional. It's posing on behalf of the marginalized. I mean, and the idea that this is new is wrong because it's basically been this way since the 60s. Now, what a lot of people would try to say is, Tim, it's gotten much worse in the last 10 years. Or maybe it's gotten much worse since Bill Clinton became everybody's hero. Um, certainly it got terrible under Obama. You know, they're still doing that. Weird. Curtis Houck was telling me today about how CBS was touting Michelle Obama's podcast and talking about how she glows. <laughs> yeah, you can see where they don't like objectivity because it doesn't allow them to tout the glowing Obamas. But this is the problem, is the media today are coddling these young journalists who come out of journalism school with all the critical race theory and the critical law theory and the critical everything theory. And they allow them now to go out in street protests and protest on the subjects they're actually covering. It's just getting more and more ridiculous. And then Downey complains the old media are coping with economic and digital disruption and increasing competition from misinformation on cable TV and the Internet. See, this is how these arrogant people define an oppositional conservative media. We've got digital disruption from misinformation on cable. That's Fox. That's Newsmax. On some level, that's Newsbusters on the Internet. Misinformation on the Internet. People who criticize us and call us liberally biased. Now, obviously, when you make everyone painfully aware that you're against false balance, you're saying we're not going to have the wrong side of history on your show. Guess what? The wrong side of history is going to go get their news from somebody else. That should not be shocking. And it should not be shocking when Gallup does a poll, only 34% say they trust or mostly trust the news product they're getting. And it's only 34% because 70% of Democrats say they like it just fine. 14% of Republicans would say they trust what they get from the news media. To which we ask, who are you 14%? And do you actually vote Republican? Or are you somebody like Adam Kinzinger or Alyssa Farah? This is the problem we have in the news media today. Is that they're, they're seeing that, oh... We're not having a business success, so our answer is to double down on the bias. 
Does that sound like a smart strategy? I mean, let's understand, objectivity, when it was created many decades ago, it was a business strategy. It wasn't just an idealistic strategy, let's hear from all sides. It was a business strategy to say, how can we build an audience? What they're doing now is the opposite. They're deconstructing an audience. They all have this attitude like Jimmy Kimmel of, we don't care about Republicans. Don't watch my show. So we say, fine, you've now received the distrust that you wanted. Try to make money now by only serving the woke and the marginalized. Let's see how that's working out for you, CNN. If you want to keep up with what CNN's up to, what PBS and NPR and NBC and ABC and CBS are up to, that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for sticking with us.